<laughs> yes, 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 yes. Welcome to Money Making Conversation. I'm your man, Rashawn McDonald. I'm always the host. We talk about entrepreneurship and entertainment on this show. I recognize that we all have different definitions of success. For some, it's a sizable t- paycheck. Mine is helping people wake up and inspiring them to accomplish their goals and live their very best life. That's what I want to do. When I bring the guest on the show, that's my passion. That's what I drive to get those extra little motivational tools that they have that have made them successful. Because we all have low moments. And I try to get those stories out to let you know you're going to have a low moment too. And when you have that low moment, what do you do? And some of the interviews that I have, maybe you can get some information they've you heard in one of my interviews that will allow you to get out of that sad moment to get out of that valley that can that can bury you sometimes the interviews on my show provide relatable information to listen about career and financial planning entrepreneurship motivation leadership overcoming the odds and how to live a balanced life my guest is someone you've seen grow up on television starring in sitcoms dramas and film he is an emmy nominated veteran tv and film actor social activist relationship coach and author of male versus man he is currently ambassador for delta airlines annual dream flight and ambassador for pga's beyond the green mentoring program for youth and college students he is on the show to discuss his new book male versus man which i have read and love it please welcome to money making conversation my man dundre Whitfield, my brother. <laughs> hey, brother. Let's, my let's, brother. Let's, let's, let's get rolling, man. Let's, hey, you know, I'm telling you something, man. I've, I've been knowing you years, man, and uh, the humbleness of your of you is always something that stood out about me when I met you because of the fact that there was always that that look. You always had that look, man. Of what can I do next? Explain that about that before we get into detail. I know that's that's a look that I always was like, man, I love that dude, man, because he really does care. Why why is that passion in so much in you, Dondre? Because I know that when people really care about someone, they invest in them mm-hmm. what's necessary mm-hmm. in order to get them to come to the fullness of their life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Many of our children in uh, underserved and under-resourced neighborhoods like the one I grew up in, in Brooklyn, right? if we had the resources, um, if we had the kind of care, if people took the kind of time to invest in our kids, our kids, look, our kids do it in spite of not having all of those things mm-hmm. at times. So can you imagine if they had proper resourcing? One of the things that's, um, that's really eye-opening in the conversation of what, we, what we're having about policing right now is defunding the police Mm -hmm. in order to properly fund our neighborhoods. Right. Right. And our neighborhoods is really funding our children. Mm -hmm. Right. What do they need? We've got, we've got, uh, we need social work. Our children are experiencing PTSD. Mm -hmm. They don't have to turn on the television to see violence being committed against them. They're watching it every single day in their own neighborhoods. Right. They're watching it every single day in their own homes. So for me, I know that as a kid growing up in Brooklyn, I was impacted greatly when people took the time to invest energy in me. And so every single day as a man, I know that that is that that's my purpose in life. 
And that's important. And you deliver it. I've seen you in many times with, uh, you know, with Steve and I, Steve, Steve Harvey and I had the mentoring camps. Man, it wasn't mm-hmm. a long phone call to get you there, brother. You were there and just was there. As, no. And guess what? Wasn't dressed like a star. You were just like a regular guy. You just ready to work. You know, yes, tennis sir. shoes on, yes, sir. you know, little, little yes, warm up pants and just a T-shirt if that was, that's all you needed. Because you saw something yes, in these young people that, you know, only you through your effort. And I, I said you, there's other, others there, but you take of it course. personal. You take it personal, though. And well, that's what I know, like about you. Know, you. You know what I saw in in all of those uh, young brothers? I mm-hmm. saw myself. Yes. Mm-hmm. So even even I didn't even get an invitation to the mentoring camp. Mm-hmm. I had to reach. I reached out to Steve's um, to Steve's folks. Right. Mm-hmm. I got a, a, a conversation with one of his daughters first mm-hmm. to say, "Yo, you guys need to have me there." Right. So I remember. I my into like I begged my way in the in the getting there, mm-hmm. and then. You know, many of our brothers, and, and this is not a knock on any of them, but many of our brothers came in for the day and then they left. That's what I'm talking I about. I had a conversation. I had a conversation with my, with my two kids, my, mm-hmm. my daughter and my son. Right. And I said, I need your permission because it happens over Father's Day weekend. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes, it so does. Mm-hmm. I had a conversation with my, do- with my daughter and my son to say, I need your permission. Mm-hmm. I need you to lend me to those kids that don't have a father. So I stayed there the entire weekend. Right. I was actually the only brother there aside from, of course, brother Steve and yourself. I was the only father there, the only quote unquote celeb there that was actually there on father's day. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I did that because I know that our young, you know, uh, our young brothers need to be able to, to, to feel that like they can tell when you come in to make an appearance or whether you're truly invested. Can't they do? Right. Oh, they can tell that, man. They can tell yeah, man. when you're there for the shine. You're there for the They the can moment. tell when you're there for the shine. For the hype. When you're there for the like. Ooh. Yes. They they can and they, yeah. and, and they and they mad about it too. Because it's been done so yes. many times. That's why a man's not in there. That's why they, they won't and that's why they won't listen to you. Because mm-hmm. they can tell. They can see through that. Mm-hmm. Right? When you grow up in the street, you learn how to recognize the BS. Right. right. You learn how to like size people up and go, oh, man, this dude is making an appearance. Mm-hmm. As soon as those cameras turn off, watch him turn off. Wow. Right. They can they can steal it. Right. And I wanted those brothers to know, yo, man, no, 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 no. I'm going to be here. I didn't leave the camp. Matter of fact, the first day at the camp, my first day at the camp, I stayed so long. <laughs> that I actually missed the rides back to That's the hotel. A, absolutely true. That's a true story. Absolutely. You remember that? Absolutely. Because you like, came to me, I, you go, you say, hey, man, I need a ride. I go, a ride? I need, need a ride. You, a ride. you, you didn't the kiss the van gone. back? <laughs> nah, man, I've been here dealing with the, with the kids. Yes, sir. I'm like, I ain't got no way back to get to the hotel. Yes, like, sir. Like, that's putting in work, Yes, man. sir. Mm-hmm. And you know it. Absolutely. Yes, indeed. You know, and, and the reason I brought that story up and just our relationship, because I want to let everybody know why this book is important. There's always been a passion mission for him throughout his life. This finally allows us to read. Why is it so passionate in the words? The book I'm talking about is Male versus Man. Um, this is the amazing book, uh, Mr. Whitfield. I'm calling you Mr. Whitfield, okay? Because you preaching to me. You preaching to me in this book, bro. When I got to Moses, you know, when the Moses, I, 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 I was looking for a plate. I was looking for a plate. I was looking for a plate. I had to put some money in it. And the thing about it is that 
Tell us the importance of importance of male versus man. And we're going to break down some detail about it because there was some personal stuff that you t- mentioned in your book that hit home for me. And that's important. Yeah. Just the people I knew, a person I knew. And I and I want to yeah. reflect on that. But tell us the importance of male versus man. Well, you know, there is as I as I tee up in the book and as I, uh, I often say when I speak that every man that you meet is a male, but not every male that you meet is a man. There's a huge difference between being a male and being a man. So being a male, male is the gender that we were chosen to be, but man is the job that we choose to do. So males look to serve themselves while men look to serve others. They look to be of service. Mm-hmm. Males look to be served. There's mm-hmm. a huge difference mm-hmm. between being a male and being a man. And many of our brothers, their development into manhood gets arrested at a very specific and early age, particularly when they don't have their father around to give them manhood messaging. Now watch this. Just because you're the, you're the person who gave you their DNA in your mm-hmm. biological father, mm-hmm. just because you have them in your life mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get the messaging that you need in order for you to matriculate in the manhood. Cause what if your father never got the messaging that he needed? Right. Right. Your father can't give you something that he never got. Mm-hmm. So many of our young brothers never properly matriculate in the manhood because they never receive manhood messaging. My father was in and out of jail my entire life in, throughout my adolescence. So I never got the messaging that I needed from my father, but here's the thing. My father never got the messaging that he needed either. So my father couldn't father me because he himself was unfathered. Right. And in writing this book, I said to myself, you know what? And, and this, this came after me reconciling with my father after right. 20 years of the two of us being estranged from each other at 26, at 26 years old, I threatened my father. I told him if I ever saw him again, one of us wasn't, wasn't going to be here and it, it wasn't going to be me. Right. And, uh, so I can't say exactly what I said cause I don't speak that way anymore, right, right. but that's one of the Lucas, one of the Lu- laws of Lucas, tw- Book of Lucas. Without a doubt, right? So in 26, I, boy, you breaking it down, Sean. No, I get it, man. You really read this book. Oh, my gosh. Come on, man. So we're going to get to the Book of Lucas in a minute. But boy, I can't even believe you breaking me up. Okay. So literally, I, I wrote this book because what I wanted to do was I wanted to, um, I wanted to break down um, for my father, my, I knew that my father could have been a great man mm-hmm. had he had great instruction. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes, and so did. I said, if my father, if I need to write the playbook for manhood, that if my father had, it would have enabled him to become a great man. Right. Mm-hmm. And thankfully I have an 11 year old son. Thankfully I'm in his life. But what if God calls me home sooner than I anticipate? Right. Mm-hmm. I need to have a playbook for manhood that my son can immediately go to and say, okay, here's, here's what it is. Right. So this was the purpose behind me writing 
uh, male versus man. Beautiful. And uh, I want to make note, like I said, you know, your faith has become strong in your life, has been a, 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 a passage, a rite of passage for you. And then when you reunite with your father, he found Islam. And so, yes. so, so it's, it, it's all about a journey. Like I said, his journey was through incarceration. Okay. Before he mm -hmm. found his faith. Okay. And yes. a which allows you, you and him to have a clear understanding of how you can yes. communicate with each other. Your, your, your journey to your faith in the book of Lucas. Okay. Is, has mm -hmm. been derived through allowing us to see you grow and play out television, movies and films, you know, starting on the Cosby show, all that stuff, you know, little cute little boy, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And, and mm -hmm. so, and, but along the way, there are tragic moments that pop up. I can, I can tell you this, man, when I was, uh, I want to say I was about five years old, one of my good friends, you know, he was blowing up a balloon and it sucked it down and he, he inhaled it and it, and he choked and died. That had a, I'm mm -hmm. telling you man, that had a lasting effect. It's, even now, it's, it's to me, I, I can understand why you need counseling. Why they said get counseling, yes. get counseling, get counseling. Yep. Because nobody, yep. nobody, I'm a black neighbor. I'm a black kid in the hood. There wasn't no counseling. You That's know, right. well, no. just just feel Not sorry for him. He, he, you know, it. Yep. You know, God called him home. You know, it was his yep. time. All those classic statements mm -hmm. you get. Now, yep. a young man that you and I both knew. Uh, I was uh, Steve Harvey and I was doing uh, Name Two Point Three The Beat, and um, in uh, Los Angeles. Pop, most popular radio format in LA at the time. And uh, mm -hmm. Amon Parker used to come up to the station. Yes. Good looking young yep. man. I love that yep. dude, man. Slender, yep. in shape, by 6'1". Yep. You know, we used to laugh all yep. the time. Whenever he come around that corner, yep. he had energy, man. He had energy. And boy, I said, boy. Energy. I said, boy. Energy. Can you just calm down? What are you taking, man, when you come up energy. to the station? And, yes, um, man. And then in, in, in telling and in, in introducing him into this book, I learned the side of you. I didn't know about your motorcycle skills, you yes. know, and uh, the ability to be able to be special. That's why I always look at people like you, man, is that, you know, God gives us all a lot of talents, you know, and that's mm -hmm. just one of the talents that you became very good at. And in doing so, Mr. Parker became enamored and wanted to share in that experience. Tell us the rest of the story. You know, my um, Amon was my. I love the fact that you recall him through his staple, which was his energy. Oh, I love that kid. This dude, this brother was like, like a, a, a pack of like a, a, a super transformer pack of energy. Mm -hmm. And no matter when you saw him, he was the same way. His mom um, said that when I finally met her, she said that we were, uh, we were, we must've been separated at birth mm -hmm. because our energy is always like the same. It's one of the reasons why we, we were attracted to one another as brothers right? because our energies matched. It was just high off life. The dude didn't have, you know, uh, he didn't have those kinds of vices and, and all that stuff that would make him, you know, uh, energetic. He was just energetic about life and he became my best friend out here. And, um, we did everything together with our families together. Our, our, uh, our wives, um, were great together. Our, you know, I was, uh, really tight with his kids and a, a couple of months before my wife gave birth to our first child, my mm -hmm. daughter, 
um, Amon decided that I was always a, a avid motorcyclist and my skill sets ran deep. You know, I would wheelie on the freeway and, and do stoppies. And, um, you know, I raced motorcycles, like motorcycles became a huge part of like my life. And, and I was doing stuff that eat while I was on television shows and I, I would do all of these stunts on my motorcycle and people like, I'd take my helmet off after getting up. People would be like, that's the dude from that show. So people were like blown away at that. He would come over to my house, see my motorcycle, see my wife's motorcycle. He was like, man, I've always wanted to ride. I said, well, yo, if you're going to ride, you're going to have to go through a motorcycle safety course. So I made sure he went through the motorcycle safety course. He did all of that. Everything was good. I made sure his equipment was good. All that. His first day of getting on the freeway, I said, listen, I'm going to come pick you up. I was living in Tarzana at the time. He lived in Palmdale. So it was a big trek. So I had to ride out there to his house. And, uh, and we got on the freeway and we started rolling. And day was going great. And I talk about this in the book. And I'm not going to go through the whole thing because it's a lengthy story. But... Rather than the reason why I picked him up was because I knew that it was my assignment to look after my friend. Mm -hmm. And what I talk about in the book is the pain that you go through as a man, when you abandon your post and you don't walk out your assignment in life. And I happened to leave him while we were on the freeway in order to go through these turns that I used to love to go through and I'm speeding through. Mm -hmm. And after I get to the end, uh, my other partner and I uh, were sitting there, we were waiting on him and he never, never came out of that turn. And then a car pulls up beside the, beside us and says, Hey, you guys got a bike down back there. So we turned cause we were on our way to uh, Pasadena. So we make this uh U-turn, uh, come up on the other side. And I see my best friend laid out in the middle of the freeway. His motorcycle is up against the guardrail. Traffic is stopped. We go up to the top, turn back around, come back over. I get down to him, take off my helmet. I'm like, I'm on. I'm like, I said, you, you good? You all right? He's breathing, but he's not responding. Right. His eyes are fluttering. His chest is pumping, you know, trying to take in, you know, oxygen. And I just began, you know, talking to him going, man, hey, something just hit me. It's like, yo, you can't leave here. Mm -hmm. You got a wife and two kids. Mm -hmm. And you haven't even seen my daughter be born yet. Mm -hmm. And just kept talking to him, kept talking to him. Ambulance finally comes, transported him to the hospital. Long story short, he had so much swelling on his brain mm -hmm. that they said that if he made it, he would never be the same again. Mm -hmm. And that he would just live his life, you know, in a vegetative state. Mm -hmm. And um, family, his wife, along with his mother, sister, they decided to give him a, a peaceful, you know, home going. Right. And, um, it devastated me. It devastated me because while I know I'm not as 
powerful as God, and mm-hmm. I don't know God's plan. Mm-hmm. All I know is is that as a man, I did not stand my post on that day. Right. I didn't stay there. Now I don't know if the both of us. We still don't know what happened. We don't know whether our car hit him. We don't know whether he lost control so, mm-hmm. going into the turn. We have no idea what happened. They still don't know. And I never got the story I back to me. That's exactly what happened. All I know, he was on the freeway, you know, and right. uh, probably uh, driving at a high speed, and that was it. Right. And when it came right. back to me, Dre, I was like, huh? You kidding me? Right. Because, right. and, 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 and I, my takeaway from that book is it's about, it's, there's no pointing fingers. It's about life. No. It's, it's no, about not life. at all. It's about life. And, and, and really, that's why I, I, I talk about this, because like I said, I don't know if, if I stayed with him, I don't know if both of us, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. might have met the, you know, the same thing. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. All I know is this. As a man, I knew that my job was to look after my, my, my brother. Mm-hmm. And for a moment, in order for me to feed my flesh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I abandoned my post. Right. And that lesson stayed with me first of all his last name was parker right my my he was my daughter was born two months after he passed her name is parker right so every single day that i look at her every single day that i call her name i think about him and i also think about how devastating it can be when a man abandons his post and so I, I never since that day and now my daughter come September will be 16. Wow. So that was 16 years ago. Yep. Mm-hmm. So every single day when I walk as a man, I walk with great purpose. Mm-hmm. Like just like this Father's Day, it's ironic we were talking about the camp and talking about my commitments mm-hmm. on Father's Day. Mm-hmm. Right. This Father's Day in Los Angeles. I am organizing a rally. You can go to all of my social medias and you will see my call to action to all fathers, not black fathers, not white fathers, all all fathers, Mm -hmm. all fathers on father's day, 11 AM in front of city hall in Los Angeles, because we recognize that while we want equality and justice for all of our families, we recognize that right now, Black people are being denied those rights. And as all fathers, when one child or one person of our families is denied equality and justice, that's too many. So the call to action is all fathers coming to stand up for equality and justice for black people. I'm talking to So uh, we are, you know, you know, uh, Dre, um, I'm just telling you something, brother. You're a special man, you know. And um, and and been a, I've been a part of your life, watching you on TV. You came into my life, forced your way into my life, doing something I <laughs> love doing. You know, changing people's lives. Who, you know, brother, we didn't. Neither you or I came from 
you know, the, like they say, the, the golden spoon right. lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so, right. and so, and the give, in the gear part, and uh, excuse me, Brooklyn Dre, let me go and just break it down to you, Brooklyn Dre. <laughs> 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 and, uh, you know, cause that's, because like you said, you know, we all have different slices of life that we live in. You know, like I said, yeah. The, but the, the the term I want to take from the book that really hit home for me this this statement right here: the mark of a man. This is in the book, male versus man. That's M A L E versus man. The mark of a man is that he can lead with his physicality, but chooses to lead with his mentality. Mentality, Ooh, sir. Yes, sir. When I wrote that, I, I can't tell you. I literally, when I wrote that. It came out of the fact that most of us have been taught that manhood really is masculinity mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. really is our sexuality, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. our masculinity will speak to the fact that, you know, um, we can bench press 200 pounds, right. 250 pounds, right? right? Mm-hmm. Our sexuality is about how many women can we, you know, conquer, sleep mm-hmm. with, mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. Because we're hunters. Right. Mm-hmm. Neither one of those things has anything to do with our manhood. Our manhood is directly tied to our dedication to being a servant leader, serving the women and children in our lives. I talk about in the book how every man has to be the walking tree of his house and community. Because mm-hmm. what does a tree do? A tree provides cover. Right. Right. From the harmful elements of the world. Right. A tree also gives us oxygen when we give it carbon uh, uh, monoxide. Right. right. Mm-hmm. So so the, the, the poison that we uh, that we give the tree, the tree gives us oxygen. So that's what a man is supposed to do. A man is supposed to allow us to breathe better. Right. A tree also gives us fruit. What is that? That is food. Right. So a tree feeds us, a tree gives us shelter, a tree allows us to breathe better. That's the job of every man for every woman and child in his life. So when I wrote that a man, uh, you know, could lead with his physicality because of our physical strength, but chooses to lead with his mentality, that left me in tears. I'll never forget it. I was sitting downstairs in my house writing that section and that brought tears to my eyes. Why do you think I brought it up? You know I know you. You know I know you. Man. Of all the, I brought that up. I said, I got to say this on this show and let him know that this meant something to me too. This meant something Mm -hmm. to me too. This is another statement from the book that meant something to me. You believe that a man who is truly successful is one with healthy and whole relationships. Mm Mm-hmm. And yes, that I, I attribute that statement to the to the journey you take us on in this book, because of the fact you you define the difference between male versus man. You define the difference between your your relationships as you get, finally met Sally. You have a whole family and the responsibilities of of what they are. You talk about your son when he was when he had a racial slur hit to him by his best friend Ben. The name was Ben in the book, and how you you know it reminded me of a, a situation with my wife and my daughter when my daughter was being intimidated at her school. You know, my wife she went up to the school. Was nothing happening fast enough for Brother Rashawn? Okay, and so finally I had uh-huh. to go up there. You know, she thought I was going to throw stuff against the wall and and go crazy. I did just like you. I had a conversation. 
with the teachers yep. and educate uh-huh. them and let them know. Because, see, it's all about education and your demeanor plays out like that. I, this book is an educational book about life, about men and defining these these fallacies that we have, these physicality by being macho, by got to break through a door instead of open the door, got to be got to be a champion for the cause instead of a speaker for the moment. This is what this is yeah. book is about, everybody, male versus man. This is a book, man, I think is it, to me, it's a defining moment in, uh, in, in educating where we at right now? When you look at these young boys out in the streets, man, walking around with no shirts, angry and mad, they gotta read this book now. Because they do yeah, a lot man. they do a lot of physical things when it should be mental. No question. And you know, it's so uh interesting when I, I spoke earlier I said uh, I think I misspoke and said carbon monoxide um and meant to say carbon dioxide mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. what we breathe out when we breathe in our 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 trees uh produce oxygen for us. And right. that that's what Men are supposed to do. We spoke earlier about the book of, of Lucas, right? You oh, yeah. Got to get that in for a wrap so, up. Come on now. <laughs> right, right. So in the yes. Bible, there, there are a great many different books. Yes, sir. Right? And so, I, so in talking man. about this in male versus man, I said, you know what? We, we all know about the, uh, the book, the five love languages. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, there actually is, uh, there are five pain languages. Mm-hmm. And that's how I came up with, quote unquote, the book of Lucas. Lucas is an acronym for L, lusting, U, unforgivingness, C, cursing, mm-hmm. A, anger, S, sarcasm, right? The mm-hmm. five pain languages. Lusting is the passion of pain. Right. So all of these things are about the pain languages. Lusting right. is the passion of pain. Right. So when we lust after somebody, we're 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 really moving after them. There's a passion for them, but it's because of our pain. It really doesn't have anything to do with love. Right. Right. Unforgivingness is the memory of pain. If I remember something, then I'm not going to forgive you because I remember the pain that it produced. So I can't forgive you. Right. C is cursing. That's the vocabulary of pain, right? Whenever I speak, I used to always speak when I was in Brooklyn, I, you know, uh, cursing was like the first language. Never Absolutely. Mind English. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Cursing was the first language, right? Mm-hmm. But I began to realize that me cursing at my wife is never something that I should do because that is going to cause her great pain. Yes. Me cursing at my children. I should never do that as a man. That's going to cause them great pain. Right. I began to realize that every time I curse at somebody, it only brings them pain. So that's when I realized that's the vocabulary pain. That's why I don't curse anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. A is for is anger. That's the emotion of pain. Whenever we feel pain and we get like hurt from that profound pain, anger shows up because that's the emotion that gets produced by it. Right. Right. And then finally, S is sarcasm. That's the humor of pain. Right. So when somebody says something sarcastic to you, they're being funny, but they say that sarcasm or make that sarcastic statement towards you because they are in pain, but they find a funny way of saying it or doing it. Right. right? Mm -hmm. So those are the five pain languages, lusting, unforgivingness, cursing, anger and sarcasm. 
And those things, when I began to examine all of those things, man, they changed so much of my behavior because not very many people, people don't realize any of that. So they can't break that down for you. Right. So when I got to that, man, I sat there and I said, oh, my gosh, bro, you just gave people a language to be able to recognize what behaviors they are walking out that cause other people pain Mm -hmm. from their own pain. It's like that saying hurt people hurt people. Yes, sir. When Mm -hmm. we hurt, these are the pain languages we use to hurt other people because we are hurt. Wow. I'm gonna tell you something, man. Um, I know I got to wrap up here. I want to. You have a you have a, a male versus man uh, video series that features Will Smith, Kevin Hart, Trevor yes. Jackson. Yes. Tell us about that. Every Friday at 10 a.m. Uh, 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 Pacific Coast time, 1 a.m. East Coast time. It's a new series, new series of videos, male versus man. Uh, talk to us about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I produced. This digital series, along with my uh, producing partners, uh, the uh, Black Love team. Oh, yes. Um, yes. That's my crew. That's my yeah. crew. That's my crew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are my people. Cody uh, and uh, Tommy Oliver. Mm-hmm. Um, those, are my, those are my people. They're my producing partners on the digital series. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I came to them because I needed somebody to help me pro- produce this, this, these, this series of talks with men about their matriculation into manhood. Right. Um, I knew that people needed to hear stories from Mm. people that they considered to be accomplished um, men uh, about how they went from going from maleness to manhood. Right. And so uh, my first conversation was with my brother, Will Smith. Mm -hmm. And, um, it was extremely powerful. If you watch that uh, talk, it really talks about the fact that everything that we've been told when we're younger, that is going to make you feel great about being an accomplished man in making money in doing the things that you do in your career right. in sleeping with a bunch of women, none of them are going to sustain how you feel about yourself as a man. Most of those things we usually use as males to distract ourselves from the fact that we don't really know what our purpose on this earth is. Wow. So when Will talks about it, it really breaks it down. Like it's one thing for me to say it in my book, but when you hear powerful brothers like Will, like D.L. Hughley, like uh, Kevin Hart, like Trevor Jackson, like all of these brothers who have a powerful perspective about what that is and what it meant to evolve and to matriculate into manhood, it really drives the point home. So this digital series is powerful. It's on my YouTube channel, uh, which is the Male versus Man channel. Go check out all of the conversations there. Powerful, powerful, powerful stuff. You know I'm going to do that. Uh, I'm talking to Dandre Whitfield. Uh, I call him a friend. I call him uh, now. He's a uh, he's a he's a he's a he's a minister, a minister of change here for us <laughs> to understand what being a man and being a male are two different things. It's a journey that we all need to take upon ourselves. The book uh, it's a great chapter. The happy wife, happy life. Love that chapter. God plus do equals successful life. You know, man, you. 
uh, calm and chaos. I'm gonna tell you something, brother. Thank you for yes. this book, man. Thank you, man. Thank you for for showing up in Dallas and us creating a relationship. Uh, this is the second time I've interviewed you on this show. Uh, every time I talk to you, Mr. Whitfield. You know, because you're preaching, you're preaching. When you're preaching, I got to call you Mr. Wheatfield. Man. Mr. Wheatfield. Uh, you're a blessing, man. You're a blessing, brother. I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, send brother. me some banners Likewise. so I can promote uh, your YouTube channel on my on my, uh, on my brand. And uh, But I love yes, you, man. Sir. I really, really, really do. I love do. you back, brother. Love you, Bro- I Brooklyn love you back. Dre. I love Brooklyn Dre. I love it all, baby. I love it all. <laughs> Don't change, man. Don't change, okay, man? I appreciate you. I got you, brother. Thank I you. I appreciate you more. Okay, cool. Thank you, brother. If you want to hear more interviews on Money Making Conversation, go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I'm your host.